Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to a very special episode of 4GQ TV. Today we have a very special guest um, and I'll let him introduce himself in just one second. Real quick, I'm going to introduce the panel that you have seen before. We have Paris from the Marvel Cinematic Facebook group. He's waving. And then we have Mav from Xbox Ultimate Podcast and 4GQ TV. And he is now waving. And Desmond is giving them the signal. And... <laughs> Then we go to our very special guest. Uh, I'm very honored to speak to you today and the panel to speak to you. Desmond, how are you doing today? I'm well, guys. I'm very honored to be here as well. So thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, my name's Desmond, Desmond Sharm. I um most recently have appeared in the Falcon of the Winter Soldier as a uh, Dovich, one of Carly's merry band of flag smashers. Uh, <laughs> I'm an actor, obviously, and that's, uh, that's most recently what I've done. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, well, so I, um, Des, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say that the, uh, in Paris' Facebook group, Marvel Cinematic Facebook Universe, the Falcon mm -hmm. and the Winter Soldier has been all the rage. Uh, I've been seeing posts left and right uh, in there. So very excited. Um, go ahead, Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the group, everybody loves it. You know, we have about 500,000 members of it. So uh, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. I did a little, little post, a uh, little celebra celebratory post uh, that we were interviewing you on there. So people are pretty hey. stoked. So they're going to want to want to see it. Um, uh, One thing I wanted to ask you um, is, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you migrated from Australia, is that correct? To, mm -hmm. to, that's where we're about in Australia. And um, uh, were you born there or did you migrate to Australia and then migrate to the U.S.? So how does that all play I, out for you? I have, I have a bit of a weird one. For, for any sort of traveling kid, you know, who bounced around a lot when they were younger, it's a pretty, pretty standard story. Um, but I was born in Australia, uh, Melbourne, mm -hmm. Australia, which is... Uh, I love it. I miss it so much. It's such a great city to live in. Uh, if you haven't gone, go check out Melbourne. They have a great convention as well. Um, and uh, But my dad worked in Singapore and never really kind of stopped. So we were back and forth a lot between Singapore mm. and Australia. We were sort of like two months to four months in Singapore and then like, you know, 10 months to eight months in Australia uh, every year until I was about 18. So wow. um Definitely did that, you know, back and forth. Um, and then and then I came to the States uh, on an exchange program for the first time in 2008 when I was in uni um, or college, as you guys say. And uh, that was sort of my, my moment of like, oh, I kind of like it here. Maybe what if I tried to move here? And that sort of just snowballed into now I've been here for eight, nine years. Wow. Awesome. Do you... Uh... Do you, what do you enjoy most? Do you, do you think you enjoy like uh, Australia more now or now that you've been here long enough or, or <laughs> are you, are you fully Americanized to, to be the, uh, um, Hey, I love this country. It's amazing. It's better than everything else. <laughs> there's, pluses, there's like pluses and minuses right to everything. Like Australia yeah. things I miss, I miss meat pies. I miss coffee. I miss like yeah. lamingtons. These are all weirdly like we're very much coffee snobs in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. um the the food as well in australia is just top notch for such a reasonable price um but like there's there's an availability of stuff in the u.s that you can just yeah. you can just get stuff here. like especially in the nerd sphere 
Australia, you know, if I wanted to pick up like a side sideshow statue or, or something a little more obscure, it very rarely makes it to the antipodes. Whereas mm. here, you know, it's it's kind of a collector's paradise, and there's so many like little lost treasures here and there. And I'm also kind of obsessed with Americana mm. as a general thing, so it's kind of it's just nice to be in the land that is Americana, right? Mm. Um, and then, like, especially when I first moved here as well, there was just levels of convenience. I think, like, you guys had Amazon Prime. We didn't have Amazon Prime. <laughs> we had to wait a week for our deliveries. But also, it's like little stuff like that that does make a difference. Um, right. uh, things I hate about LA is the traffic. I mean, that's the Ooh. that's the canned answer. Yeah. But it's so true. Like, you can't do more than two two or three things in the day. In, mm. in LA, unless you plan it like laser precise, you know, in, mm. in, in other cities in the world, you can be like, oh, I'll just wander here and I'll meet up with a friend. I'll wander here and meet up with a friend. And it's like, you can do 12 things, but in LA, it's like, no, pick two. That's all you got. <laughs> Especially if you had to drive, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think everything you need to do there, you got to drive. So, yeah, pretty much exactly. Yeah. There's, no, there's no walkability. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about Australia, because I always found Australia mystifying right like i always love the yeah, idea yeah. of visiting australia there's so many cool things there and i am fascinated with kangaroos did you uh, actually get to see a lot of kangaroos running around like does that really happen it's it's not like they're wandering around the city streets but if you go far enough out like if you go 45 55 minutes from the city center like in uh, donvale it's a suburb out out east in, in australia in melbourne mm. Like, yeah, you might see one like bouncing on the side of, of, of the road or something or like a little flock or um, if you go to one of the far out golf courses, sometimes a lot of them, a lot of them love setting up shop there. So they'll have, you know, <laughs> gangs of kangaroos like wandering around. Um, there's, space, there's, there's a place I shot a show in, in Brisbane um, for about eight months and there was a location that we went to that was only 30 minutes from from the center of Gold Coast which was just known for swarms of kangaroos. Like you'd go there and there'd just be like hundreds of them everywhere. So mm -hmm. if you're obsessed with kangaroos, I'll find out what that spot is called. I'll, I'll go back to my call sheets and try to find the location. But if you're obsessed with kangaroos, go there. Um, do not approach them like, <laughs> because they will ruin your shit. I, I don't know. Can I swear? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. all seen the, the, I'm sure you've seen the meme of the buff kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. that like dude's average-sized. That dude's average-sized oh. for, wow. for kangaroos. Yeah. You meet, if you meet the alpha male on the wrong on the wrong day, he will shatter every rib that you own. Yeah, that's insane. Wow, <laughs> I mean, I've seen videos of them fighting, right? And they're just like going at it, you know. It's this, like, whoa, this is, really feet. this is really famous case in Australia where like this dude on a golf course took his he, his ball landed near a group of kangaroos, so he took his like driving iron and like tried to chase him off with it. And uh, the male just reared up and kicked him in the chest and every frontal facing bone in his body, including his hips, were just shattered. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So they don't are- Don't mess with those things. Kangaroos <laughs> are super soldiers. Don't mess with kangaroos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the gorilla of rats. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, the gorilla of rats. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, they're really big. Yeah. They're cute, and though. Then, I mean, Joey's cute. Yeah, yeah they're, they're cute until you try to take a picture up close of one, right? That's probably <laughs> yeah. another thing you shouldn't do. Go up to them. Probably not. Your, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, from from a distance, you get the camera. You got the baby in the pouch. You know, you can get some nice photos, but don't get don't get too personal, right? It's out of their space. Yep. <laughs> no. Uh, one other question about Australia: um, mm-hmm. Are crocodiles and alligators rampant as well? <laughs> no, no, no. Not where I am, anyway. Uh, down Melbourne, Sydney, uh, all the way up to all the way up to pretty much Brisbane. Um, you're not going to have any trouble if you get any further north than that you know up towards the gold coast kind of cairns area and if you happen to hang out in swamps a lot you're probably going to come across one you know if you're hanging out by the estuaries near the near the ocean um i think there's only been like there's only ever been one case of like a salt water like someone's only seen a croc in salt water like once ever so you know, if you're on the beaches and stuff, you're okay. But if you're if you're a little further inland, um, and in, in, in the soggy parts, the soggy, humid parts of the country, then yeah, watch your watch your step. No swimming in the swamps, right? No, no. There's lots of other things you got. There's probably other things you'd worry more about than crocodiles. Oh wow! Can we apologize about these questions, though, because all we uh, know of Australia here in the states is what we see on like National Geographic. When 101 of the world's deadliest creatures are in Australia, you know, and that's like all we know. And we see like yeah. these nature explorers, you know, we don't see like the this, Australia. Hey, you know? there's a reason for it. Yeah. There's a, there's all the snakes and the spiders and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a song on YouTube that you should go look up called uh, Welcome to Australia. You might accidentally get killed. <laughs> nice. I got to check that out. Stereotype, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Other than that, the weather and the beaches are awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, the beaches are where you. Uh, well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the beaches are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's sharks, but you know. Jellyfish and the stonefish and all that. Don't worry about them. They're fine. Don't bother. All right. <laughs> nice. So, nice. Nice. So, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I guess I was just going to start off with the um, one of the first questions about. I know, well, I want to, well, how do I ask this question? Because it's like a two-part question, right? First off, how did you get involved into acting? Like, what was your break? Like, what was your connection in? And then the second question is, when you got contacted uh, to be in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what was your reaction like? Because Marvel is like a huge franchise, and it's just a fantastic franchise of creativity. Yeah, I mean, it's, and we're all fans here, right, of, of Marvel, so we, we sort of know what that, that means, I guess, to, to, to us. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'll start with the, the big question first in terms of how I got into acting, um, which is late and then very, very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So I, I was not meant to be uh, an actor according mm-hmm. to my family uh, that was never in the cards <laughs> um i i truly truly and i'm not exaggerating like i lived my first 18 years of my life not understanding and not knowing that a creative career was a thing that you could have like you could mm-hmm. be paid to do this stuff um i thought it was again i'm so i'm being so little here i thought it was just hobbyists who also had other well-paying jobs that was what I thought the existence of an artist was, um, which is insane. Uh, but that, that was sort of how I was raised. I, had, I didn't have many options. So it was law, medicine, commerce. And again, not to lean into that particular stereotype, but for me, it was, for me, it was true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, I ended up doing law. I went to law school. I worked as a lawyer for like three months and I was just miserable the whole time. Like it just, something was off, very, very off. And I just wasn't happy. I couldn't explain it. So I just quit. And then I just sort of free drifted for a little while until um, I, you know, I had some friends who were into acting and they sort of bit by bit encouraged me to get into it. And I'd done a small amount in college where I'd done a couple of ads, um, you know, just to sort of fun, uh, pay some of the college bills and stuff. But mm. uh, it never really occurred to me to, to, to be a thing to pursue or that you could pursue full-time. And then when I saw these guys doing it full-time, I was sort of like, uh, and a big movie had just come out in Australia at the time as well with uh, called Tomorrow When the War Began, which was which two of my friends were in as well. And it was sort of like watching them do that. It was like an Aussie movie, but it was sort of like a Hollywood production as well um, that they cross-produced. So it was sort of the one of the first kind of like, ah, Hollywood's come to Australia, okay. And then from that, it was like, all right, I could do this, um, could do this full-time. Uh, how's my connection, by the way? Because I've just tethered to a hotspot now, and I'm wondering. Yeah, you're good. Really... You're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. looks great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and we so, can clean all this part up. So, ah, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was pretty much the journey in, and then from there, it was just a matter of working at it. You know, um, working with these guys, doing some classes, learning the basics, learning the ropes, and I knew that I had a lot of ground to cover. Like I was coming from behind. Um. So I, I pretty much threw myself into it, and, uh, you know. That's that's the that's the history of it, um, and then as far as as far as getting uh, Falcon and the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that was a super surreal. That was a super surreal moment, like because I hadn't, I don't tend to tell anyone at the first round of auditions, um, or even until until I go to producers, which is like another step above. Mm. I don't tend to tell anyone uh, that I've gone out for something so i hadn't even told my wife and we were just at the gym uh when my manager called and she was like they really really want you um you need to read with the producers but they're also just going to come up with an offer like straight away um, i'm on with casting right now let me call you right back uh that was that was the extent of the call so i <laughs> put my phone down and i was at the gym and i was just like ah, what i was just like freaking out like like I had to sit down and I was just like, oh, what and my wife was like, what happened? Are you okay? And I was like, Marvel called? <laughs> and I hadn't told her anything. So she was like, what? No, what? What are you talking about? You're delirious. You, what do you mean Marvel call? You just have them on speed dial. They just, they just contact you every now and again. And I was like, no, no, no. I went out for this thing last week. And then the same thing. I wanted, uh, and so she started freaking out as well. And we're both freaking out. Um, and I'm like almost on the floor at this point. And then these three gym dudes spot us freaking out. They walk over and they're super nice. They're like, are you okay? Do you need air? Do you need help? Do you need us to like get you up and get you outside so you can breathe? You know, sit up, don't lie on the floor. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. There's nothing to do with the workout. Nothing to do with the workout. I'm just Marvel called. You know what? Don't worry. You go, go. You guys go do your bench presses and, and and focus on your gains. I'm good. But thank you. It was just. It was actually like a really sweet, sweet thing that these dudes did. Um, so that was. That's the literal story of what happened when I got the call. At the very least. Awesome. Um, awesome. So you're like yeah. having a panic attack a little bit. Like ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Getting the cold sweats and stuff. Yep. I know. Yep. I would have freaked out. I'd have been like, uh, you know. 
what do you do especially because <laughs> yeah. i wasn't expecting it because it was only after the first couple of rounds and i was like oh they're surely they're going to do like you know producers and then tests and all that stuff mm-hmm. because it's such a big big tentpole franchise but it was just sort of like oh. one and done I had read or heard an interview actually where you were talking about uh, you were actually already a Marvel fan, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah. um, and the Captain America specifically. Uh, so that must have even been, a, yeah. you know, a bigger. Is that what drew you into even approach this audition uh, for this role, or how did the oh, even no. the audition opportunity come about? Well, that one came about as as it usually does. You know, agents were like, "Hey, here's this thing. It's codenamed. It's 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 Disney. We're pretty sure it's Marvel." Um, and then, sort of, when I read the size and the descriptions, it was very real world stuff. And and sort of knowing that the various corners of of um, the Marvel universe, you know, you've got the, the the arcane stuff with Doctor Strange. You have the cosmic scale stuff with uh, guardians and all that. This, this felt very real and human. And I was like, there's only yeah. one corner of the universe this could be. It's mm-hmm. either Iron Man or Cap and Iron Man's not in the equation anymore. Mm-hmm. So we sort of figured we had a bit of a powwow, me and the, me and the reps. Um, and we sort of, they got some intel from their side too. And we were like, we're pretty sure this is their new, um, this is gonna be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, their follow up to, um, mm. Uh, to their their movies and I was like okay that means a lot more now because as you did say I, I have a very personal connect not you know I don't have a personal connection to Cap but reading his um uh comics and more, more actually watching this like I think it was Jack Kirby someone told me it was a Jack Kirby cartoon 1966 mm-hmm. um I watched one of those on tape on repeat a lot when I was younger and and Cap had become this sort of uh, north star to me off of that you know at various points in my life uh, meant different things to me but always helped um and because when we found out it was in that corner of the universe having that background just made it mean so much more and sort of really really pushed me on over the edge and and taking the role because there were some questions as far as you know they don't release scripts until you sign on we didn't know what the size of the role was we didn't know how all they told you was how many episodes we were going to be in. Mm. So they were like, you're yeah. in all six, but they were very tight lipped on everything else. So we were like, we don't know how important this character is. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, I was, there wasn't a question though, because it was in, it was in Cap's universe. Um, and the other thing they told us was that, okay, you, you're going to be beefed up. You're going to be on the super soldier serum. So I 100% at that point was like, oh, I'm going to have the thing that Cap had sign me up. Like that was <laughs> like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this. Like this is yeah. this is dumb. Like yeah, sure, let's burn the Marvel ticket. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and 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 during the uh, you know, I guess we can start talking about the show a little bit, um, and yeah. specifically your character. You know, um, it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, moment when you know I watched all six episodes. You know, weekly, just like you know the rest of the, the rest of the world um, <laughs> tuned in at nighttime or whenever I get an opportunity to watch it. Um, um, there are some things I noticed about your character where he was, um, you know, he was following Carly, um, you know, to the end, which which he did. But there were certain things in there where she started going a little bit too far and I could pick up on your, 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 your character's reaction to that. Like he really wasn't sure about doing some of the things she wanted him to do, but he was like, you know, I'll do it because, um, you know, what is it? Uh, one world, 
what, what's the slogan movie. called? What's, yeah. this, what's the slogan again? Yeah, uh, one, 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 one people. One, yeah. one world, one people. You know, he was going to bat for that, but he could tell that, yeah, you know, I'm not really cool with killing people or innocent people to, to um, deliver this. But we, yeah. we've, we're a little bit too far down the road now because of that. But yeah you pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as the psychology of it goes. Um, that was sort of something we, you know, I discussed with, um, with um, uh, the actress who plays Carly, mm -hmm. uh, who's just, she's such a force, by the way. Erin is the loveliest, most competent person. That, she's so good and she's so mm -hmm. nice. And that rarely comes together in this industry. Um, love her. Oh my God. Uh, so it's so easy to work with her. So we'd had discussions where, we were talking about relationships and stuff and little runs of the scenes back and forth. And I, we sort of, I sort of settled on a thing for me where, and this was important, like not a huge role, you know, the, the, the material was thin on the ground, but it was super important, I think, to, to underpin what we had at the Flag Smashers with this uh, multiplicity of approaches. We're not one unit. We don't, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, one world, one people. But how does that look in execution, actually? Like Dovich, for me, comes from a violent background, right? He's mob security in Madripoor. And for me, at the point that you find him in the story, he's left that behind. The, when, he, when he says that line about working for mob security in Madripoor, there's a heavy regret there. He's probably done some things he didn't want to do and he never wants to do again. And he's talking to her about being a teacher and he truly believes that that is going to happen. And he dreams that that is his North Star that he, they are going to bring out this peaceful world, resources for everyone. And she is going to be a teacher and he's going to be sitting in her class. He'll be the first student to sign up. That's his picture of happiness. Mm. Um, and to see that fall apart like that is, is hard for him. And it's, it's, it's in the little things even, right? Like when we were in the ADR booth doing any of the fights post that episode three scene where it starts to fall apart for him, mm. There's no longer that, like when you first see him right in the bank, he's like, oh, he's cocky. And like, he comes down with the bank. He does a little jack pull. He's got the bags. He's like, go on, you know, we're doing this. We're doing it on the right side of things. But then from, from three onwards, even when doing the little sound bites of the fights and everything, I tried to make sure that it sounded like the fight was out of him already. Um, like he's not invested in this goal anymore, but he has nowhere else to turn. There's a desperation there. His voice is cracking when he's fighting. He's like, Ugh! You know, it's a bit, it's not as solid as it was. So it's even in those little things where I, I hoped that would come out. Um, and, and they did honor it. They put a few of those little things in there. And I think you can tell that Dovich at the end is just fighting to fight, but he's got no direction anymore. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. um, it's, Dovich to me, was just like a very crucial character for the Flag Smashers and everything. Because if you take him out of the equation, then it becomes more of like a okay. There's Carly and her 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 crew, and yeah. Dovich plays that moral compass where he's like, you can tell he's conflicted, and it brings more of the impact of what they're trying to do is a noble thing because this is a good. These are good people, right? These are good people, and you can you can tell that it's a very tight knit group. And the other thing I, I had picked up on, I was talking about this with Paris on uh, Twitter DMs earlier is that um, he seems uh, very loyal to Carly yep. to where at the point when he is conflicted in some of those moments, 
I didn't know personally if it was coming more about a concern of what their actions are going to be or more of a concern about her because of her uh, changing, right? So that's kind of how I took some of that um, with her them being so close. I'm glad you I'm glad you picked that up because that you're you, again you hit the nail on the head. It was it's Kali. You know you have to make these things personal as an actor. It can't be about a, a vague. Um, it can be. It can be about a sort of vague thesis, but really for him it's about Kali. In that, um, you know the Mama Donya character. Yeah. And how she meant so much to Kali. Kali is Dobich's Mama Donya. Mm. Um, and represented the future that Mama Donya represented for the group, which was a maybe more peaceful, more um, morally and ethically correct way to go about the business mm -hmm. of, of helping people in need. Um, right. And he cannot separate that loyalty from her actions. And there's all, when you're obsessed with the idea to that degree, you always hope that there can possibly be redemption for that person. So he's there to maybe stop her from getting in over her head. And at some point, maybe have that, it's almost like an abusive relationship. It's like, at some point, maybe we can have the chat, like, hey, let's stop blowing up people, you know? Right. Let's yeah. run to the countryside and just be, be live a quiet life for a while. You know, the group, all of us can go, Nico, uh, um, you know, we can all, we can, we can get back to that ideal. But I think as the episodes go on further and further, he loses hope in that more and more, but all he has left is, he's dedicated his life to Carly Morgan Thal. Yeah, that's all he's got. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I guess it seems like once he once he crossed that that barrier that line there, it's like there's nowhere else to go. And if you do get captured, you know you, they're they're gonna use you as an example, right? So yeah, let's continue on with the mission, even yeah. though it's sort of it is very suspect. But yeah. you know you do have a point. Um, so it was really good to pick up on that, you know, I, and that's why I love that, sh that, that, that series there, you, you, yeah. you know, you all did a wonderful job to bring those characters to life and, you know, us as fans really appreciate it and, um, appreciate the way that you were able to, to do that. Um, Testament to the whole, uh, whole cast and whole crew, actually, like right. all the flag smashers, Reness, India, Danny, um, you know, uh, Tyler, uh, Ness, Aaron, of course, um, Noah, yeah. I think that was everyone there. They all made it. We all felt like family. Like first day we met on set, we gelled like that. And, uh, and that, that just made it harder. Cause some, at certain points in the story, we had to say goodbye to people. Like people wrapped and they left set and it was like, oh, Ness isn't here anymore. This feels so weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you guys all had a good relationship. Um, also, I've seen some of the pictures, uh, uh, the group photos uh, that you all took uh, together as, you know, as the Flax Masters, all making the funny faces. And, you know, it's, you know when you see that type of stuff, um, as, you know, just as fans or as people, just seeing other people happy, um, it's awesome to see. So that that really resonated with uh, me and then a lot of the people in our group too. So it was awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad. Yeah, they're, they're the loveliest people I've ever met. Like beyond just working with them, just good friends now. So um, one other question I have about, because when you take on a role like this, right? This is a lot of acting jobs. It's like an isolated event you know you're on a show and it's just going to live in this world or you do a movie and it's just going to live in this world but with the mcu it's this big huge universe right and you are becoming 
a, a part of it when you take on something like this. So your actions, the way you portray this character has implications potentially for other movies in the future and other things that are going to live on for who knows how long. Does that like change your thought process and how you want to portray a character or do you, can you not think about that? You know, it's a weird quantum state of kind of both. Um, and they both are pretty contradictory states. Um, for me, I tend to go to the smaller stuff more, you know, the personal, like what's on the script, our actual relationships and all that. But there is definitely that thread and, you know, Marvel had their person on set kind of guiding, guiding the meta narrative, so to speak. Um, but we also had our own, like I'm, I'm pretty deep in, into the MCU, but Reness, the big guy, he is deep into everything, man. Like the comics, the lore, and he knew all the little Easter eggs and, and stuff that was, that, that, that was being winked at. Uh, and he, he sort of, yeah, he, he gave us this sort of ammunition to be like, oh, there is a little wink in this scene. Like, do the wink. And I don't know how much of that stuff made the cut, but it was really useful to know uh, because we, we sort of could see the, the, you see the Doctor Strange possibilities, right? The, <laughs> the, the bigger however. picture. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, we can, we can do this and maybe help Marvel out a little bit in, in seeing the universe for that side of things or, or that side mm-hmm. of things. Um, so it is, it is honestly a bit of both. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what was, you know, I can, I'm always curious about this and it's, it's one of the frequent questions I do ask to, um, multiple actors, but when you get on set, uh, is it a set that, uh, one that you were kind of like stationed at for a while? Like, do you guys, do you guys get your own like little trailers? Um, and you're stationed there and you get to hang out like, you know, or is it one that you have to show up every day? And is it like a, it was most of your scenes done in like a studio set, like a stage house, or was it actually, you know, out in the open and, and what was that whole experience like, like just walking wherever you were walking, whether it's a stage set or whether it was like real life scenery set, like what was all that like? It was wild, dude. Like the just just the sheer scale of the production, the amount of money that they were bringing to it, um, mm. was just jaw dropping. Like I've never walked onto a set. I don't tend to walk onto sets and feel intimidated by the surroundings. This one, when you walk on and you're surrounded by like attack choppers and and like giant green screen walls, and there's like 300 people all working on this one thing, it's a bit like okay, don't don't screw this up. Don't be the guy that messes this up right. uh, for, for everyone. Um, it, but it's cool. It's really cool to see. Like the twelve-year-old boy in me was just freaking out. And then you see Cap Shield over in the corner, and then they've got like you know replicas of Falcon's wings and stuff over there. And the stunt guys are thrown down in the corner, like warming up. And it's just like this is incredible. This is so cool. So that's like that's that's the that's the top level layer of it, I guess. Um, in terms of the the logistics of the day and how we did it, like most of it was shot location. Um, our director Kari was pretty insistent that we go location for a lot of things to make it feel real, mm-hmm. make it feel lived in. I think that's really important, particularly for Cap's corner of the universe, because it is Earth. It is it, it is that sort of um, it deals with the terrestrial matters, um, yeah. the universe and the more personal stuff. Uh, so we we would turn up to different places every day, and we'd have the same trailers. They'd move base camp around. Um, we'd all have the same trailers, generally the same configuration, so we knew where everyone was. If I wanted to mess with Tyler, I'd just bang on my wall, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, 
I don't, I don't know if I don't know if this video has hit the net yet, but we we just sometimes just pop over to Aaron's trailer and just stare through a window and creep her out. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, he's like, "Oh my god, guys, can you stop?" <laughs> um, yeah, it was so fun. Uh, honestly, it was like a little summer camp, especially once we all figured out that we got along really, really mm. well. Um, uh, even the main guys like Seb, Sebastian, and and uh, Anthony Mackey were chill. Like Anthony Mackey's just a charming dude, man. He mm. is smooth. He can talk to you. Can you can talk forever, and I'll just listen. <laughs> um, um, but Emily and like like Daniel Brawl is such a champ. Like he came at karaoke with us one time, and just oh, we got nice. a version of the Zemo dance. I think before the Zemo dance hit. <laughs> um, yeah, it was oh, it was just man. nice. It was a friendly, welcoming set. And that is so fundamental into how your base camp is going to feel. Because I've been on a couple of sets that are less approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's sort of like, well, you sit in your box until they call you. Because if you go outside and catch the wrong person's eye, you're in for an earful. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like that on, on this set at all. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, and, and there's the flip side of it where, you know, sometimes you can be having a little too much fun and you forget that there's a job to do. Again, on this set, I think everyone was just, just brought their A game. They were aware of how much was riding on this. They'd done the work, even though, you know, a lot of us had very small scenes. We'd done the work. We knew what we were doing. We made sure we came in and did what we wanted to do um, and, and just provided a bit of shading, I think, to the outline that was on the page. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it was just, it was a great experience. Great. Yeah. It just not even being on Marvel, just in terms of like a set that you would want to be on. It was fantastic. Yeah, got to meet a lot of people. Lot of different other things, you know. Yeah, you got to meet a lot of different people. Um, Yeah, you know. Now you got this community that will live on for for a lifetime. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Even being out in Prague and meeting people in uh, in 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 Europe and like uh, you know all the extras there had had their stories to tell of previous productions that came through and it was cool just listening to them and uh, Mm -hmm. seeing how how excited they were to be like part of this. Um, and they didn't, they, they didn't necessarily, I think some of them didn't necessarily know what it was. Like they didn't know what they were there for. Only when they saw the shield carry out, they were like, this is my life. Just on the day, <laughs> uh, but they hadn't been told otherwise. And it was cool to just see people's reactions to the universe nice. that we were building. Nice, nice. Yeah, I seen the picture of uh, you with the shield. Uh, how'd you get that? Uh, how'd you get the prop master to <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous asking for it because I was like, because it's like a hallowed, in my head as well, it's like a hallowed object. It's like, a, you know, it's a relic, you know? Right. I, I'd, in my head, I built it up to be, it's like gold tier loot. I can't touch that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, close to the end of the shoot, I had a chat with the um, one of our producers and I was like, hey, is it, I was so apologetic too. She was like, I think she was worried when I approached her because I was like, yeah. hey, sorry. I know this is a huge thing to ask. And I'm really, really sorry to do this. And I know you're super busy. And I don't want to take too much of your time. And I know everyone's moving really, really fast. So maybe this can't happen. And she was like, what? Just say <laughs> it, man. And I was like, I, I just wonder, I'm just wondering if I could, could, I, could, if I could get a shield and take a picture with it, would that be okay? And she was like, yeah. That's one hundred percent okay. That's really awesome that you want to. That's great. Like we love fans. Go right ahead. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I built it up a little bit in my head. Um, <laughs> so I, I went. She was like, yeah, go find, go find a prop master. And I went over, found him, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me grab it. Yeah, pulled it awesome. over, and he was, uh, and he helped me snap some a bunch of pictures of it. Mm. Yeah, super cool. Man. cool. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's when you grab it and you run off set and you just like steal it. Right? I thought about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> if, we weren't, if we weren't on the fourth story, I might have. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you can just jump out the window and use it to catch you, to stop yourself. That's right. right. With the soldier, just. Yeah. yeah. You've done that scene. Yeah. You got the serum already, you know. Now you got the shield, yeah. you know. They have a way of making you believe that you're super powered on on these shows as well, because all the props are set up for practical effects half the time, and and you're like mm -hmm. bending steel pipes and like lifting trucks on hydraulics, and you're like, oh yeah, I am really strong. Yeah, yeah, I could survive a fall. <laughs> punching through, punching through walls and yeah, bricks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, did you go home with a false sense of security, and you like oh. just like <laughs> just oh. try and lift things up, and it's like, oh, this is actually every yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my wife had to bring me back to reality. She was like, "Your ego is just off the. This is this is I can't help it." Like I got the serum. You're in the gym doing, trying to do 450 on the bench. <laughs> no, I did this. I did this last week. I promise I could do it. I could do it. Nice. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you: Were you guys allowed to uh, when? Uh, a co-worker or co-actor was on the set doing their lines or their scenes were you guys allowed to watch them and like see them act out oh yeah 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 it was a really open set there wasn't any preciousness about it like we we they were happy to have us stand near video village you know as long as we weren't in the way like you know just be aware of your surrounds don't don't block the workflow um, but they were happy we could we had free reign if we were on for the day even if we weren't like there were some days where it was just Aaron on and we'd come on to set because we missed Aaron. We were like just watching her do her thing with like uh with Anthony or something from the from the corner, just like a little cheers with like good job, good job, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were really open about that. They hadn't they didn't have any problems. Like if we they were like, Oh, we were like, Oh, we want to go to set today and they were like, You're not on. Um, we were like, Yeah, but we just want to go see and they would get a car for us and we'd roll right over. Mm. oh that's yeah. cool that is awesome yeah it was so, and you know we got to see a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have seen otherwise and it was really really cool the fight mm. scenes as well man like oh the stunt team they're just off the, dave mccumber and his team are just off the charts man they are so yeah. good what was it like after all of that like you know you had this amazing experience right you went and had this memorable experience filming all this stuff and and you're gonna remember it, but then actually, you get to see it come together actually on Disney Plus and to see the show. And what was that? What was what was that like for you? That's the scariest part because I don't I don't watch stuff that I'm in. I'm one of those actors yeah. that is like mm. I don't I don't watch anything that I do. Um, I don't know why it's just a habit I've gotten into. Like I just, but this one, I'll be honest. I've actually only watched up to episode four. At this point, mm. I haven't finished it because uh, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to watch something that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I'm very critical. I'm hypercritical, and not just of me, like of everything. It's a really bad habit. Um, mm. But this one's been great. Like it's it, it does have that um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. You know, as close to like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as the Marvel Universe ever gets. Um, right. Although with Black Widow coming out, we'll see if that one takes uh, takes the prize for that uh but yeah it's it's really it's cool it's cool to see something come together so competently um and i think the hallmark of watching this one has been an increasing confidence in watching 
the material. Um, like I'm less reluctant to do like the pulling the trigger on the first episode was the hardest thing. Like my, my wife and my friend will, will can tell you about it. I was sitting there like, ah, oh, should we, oh no, 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 no. And then we'd like pause and like play and pause and play and pause and play and pause and play. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, again, just the level of production and how well they do these things, you kind of forget you're in it and you just go along with the ride and it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, I'm sure family and friends were hitting you up. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome! Your phone's blowing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad sent me like a of emoji, which is like <laughs> peak expression for him. It was fantastic. Um, Taking screenshots of the of the TV of you in it. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I saw most of my stuff anyway on like Instagram as people were tagging me, and I was like putting it up on my stories as well. Just right. <laughs> cool feeling. Yeah, that was yeah. that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, over over being overcritical is just something that you know a lot of people a lot of people do. I like at work, I'm overcritical of all the stuff that I do. I'm like, no, I shouldn't be like this, but it's just it's a habit. But you know, it's one of those things. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's very it's like endemic in the creative community. If you do anything that's vaguely creative, sometimes you can't help but over engineer in your head sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, I could have looked this way or right. right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or I made that choice, and I should have made this choice instead. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's silly. Yeah. Did I, did I, did I shave right? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Did oh, I forget man. that one here? Yeah, yeah. 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 You're looking at it like there was a hair in my mouth. Like, oh, no, 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 no. yeah. How come they didn't catch that? You know, sort of thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, um, speaking of that, like looking this way or looking that way, right? I know that on on uh, sets they have usually multiple cameras from multiple angles. Do they tell you exactly like which camera to look at? And is it hard to always focus on that camera if you have to focus on one camera? Um, the only time they'll be like, "This is the particular camera that's yours," is for you know close-ups or your medium close-ups, where um, then they're shooting it clean so it's not over someone's shoulder. Um, so your eyeline at that point will be the matte box that's around camera at some point, And you'll just be like looking at a piece of tape on the corner and acting for that. Um, but most of the time in like the wides, especially when we were getting coverage, uh, we had, I think a three camera setup. Um, frequently we just used two cause we didn't want to overdo it, but there was a third, there was a C camera that did come out from time to time. And usually on those you've got your, they, they usually set up a wide. They actually on this show they usually set up like an extra wide, a wide, and then sort of a medium close on the three if they ever rolled out the C. Um, and for those ones, for those setups, it was sort of like no, just do the scene realistically. It's not like don't don't worry. Be aware, obviously, of the cameras that block anyone, but um, more often than not, I think Kari was going for like an organic feel to the scenes of just people interacting and they're not too self-aware of the theatricality and the sort of um, accoutrement that come with that. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was, again, sort of a mix of both. Like once we, you know, broke down that set up and moved in closer, then it was like, okay, well, the camera's here and then maybe your eyeline is here and then you have to sort of be aware of um, where the camera is so you don't look right into it uh, at that point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, always, they always set it up real easy for us to do it was never intrusive you know it, it never felt like we had to act around the cameras uh, which is so important awesome 
I guess I take it that would make the the entire like scene and your job a little bit easier. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure, hundred yeah. awesome. percent. Awesome. Do you feel like you? I, uh, I personally, I thought you nailed the character. Like it was just like it, to me, it was a new character, but if because it felt like a very important character. Um, that's where I think it comes across that you, you did a really great job. Is there anything like that you would like to add to that character? Uh, if you could go back and do any, do do anything, you know what I mean? I, I cause you are hypercritical. So that's what I'm just curious. <laughs> when you judge, like, you think about that kind of stuff. Let me get my laundry list of a hundred things that I would change. I, I think part of me not going back, not looking at these things is because I don't want to go back and like feel like I wanted to change yeah. things. For this one, I think in terms of um, the material that we had on the page and what what was necessary to bring to the Flag Smashers, and again, credit to Erin for being such a good scene partner and being such a good collaborative partner on all of this. Like we had so many late night chats about the ethos and everything um, with everyone there as well, you know, talking about our various parts within the group um and that was really important because even though we don't get into it in the scenes necessarily you could feel a bit of that reality come through like just just a bit of what we talked about on those late nights what our characters were all about um that that would come through you know to, to a small degree um so i don't uh i don't know if i would change change too much i think we did a good job um overall you know there's a version of dovich that's definitely a more of a hard ass and definitely tougher um and that's an easier choice for me to go to with with my look and my physicality a lot of the time is like you know i play villains a lot with shinara chronicles it was like evil general and i was like i can go back to that well but what if we just played this guy to the, as a top level empath like he's just good and nice and hard to play against type a little bit, honestly. And I really liked the result of what sort of fell out, fell out of that, because um, it's a bit different for me as well. So um, yeah, this one, no, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd change too much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, you, you um, it brought out that real human experience, like, right? You know, you, you might, you, they may have had this uh, super serum, uh, you know, super soldier serum injected in them, but they still yeah. were like, you know, it was a very human, um, you know, life. Like you, you, you lived, you know, you brought that experience, the human experience. Um, yeah. A lot of times, like in Marvel, you, you got the, you know, you get the Hulk, you got Thor, you got all these people, you got guardians of the galaxy, all the space stuff, you got Dr. Strange, but in the caps universe, sort of his corner, um, you've got the people that are, you know, they need to take super soldier serum to get strength and stuff like that. But there's also that human element. And one of the things that I think they did really did really well in this uh, series is that they brought that human element out and um, uh, through their lived experiences. Right. Um, and yeah. even with your character, the way that you were, the way that we are able to capture that and, and the way that you're able to portray that and we are able to feel like actually feel that sort of conflict uh, was 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 truly amazing so uh, uh kudos to you that. appreciate that man you guys are gassing me up i feel very my heart's very full. thank you i really really <laughs> seriously yeah. that yeah. means means a lot um yeah. but yeah i mean i think there's a reason why they explored the the fallout of the blip in this mm -hmm. part of the universe because this is the part of the universe that can carry those real world implications yeah right um you know you have the conversation between sam and i, I isaiah um 
um, played by the inestimable Carl Lumbly, um, which is a very real human conversation in, in, in a very, very like, that, that scene, and I think uh, you guys know what scene I'm talking about. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that is, I think, the most human in that it's just realistically dark. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's grappling with a real world thing that's, that's pretty, um, it's there, whether you like it or not. It's yeah. there. And Cap's Corner of the Universe is the only one, I think, that can go into those corners, uh, into those sort of... Um, cracks in society um maybe maybe spidey's as well would be the other one um potentially now that he's sort of the the, the stand-in for for tony stark unfortunately um oh no, not unfortunately sorry i mean unfortunately tony stark's gone yeah uh, tom holland is amazing <laughs> yeah. spider-man the best yeah. uh so yeah um that would be the other corner which i think could could deal with stuff like that but it's younger mm -hmm. right so you'd be dealing with younger adult issues you know and all that so yeah yeah it's it's i don't think it's a coincidence that all this stuff lined up yeah yeah that scene hit that scene that scene hit me it was like i actually had some tears in this in this entire series i and i wasn't i was like you know what and then people are like you know online you know all the stuff comes in you know yeah. but i i was tuning a lot of that out and i was like you know what? i'm just gonna watch it and just react to it and yeah. you know there's some stuff in there and i was like you know you, you're either happy or you're sad or you were like okay you, you know the flash masters aren't really that bad but are they, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. are they the villains or are they really not the villains? Yeah, yeah. Are they because, you know, the, the rest of the world is back and now they're just, they want to go back to how it was, which really yeah. wasn't working. Right. Um, and they just yeah. want to displace all these people. So uh, it's a, uh, it was, it was, it was real. Like if that happened in real life, like, right. Like the, if the, half the world is gone and then they all come back and, you know, half the world changes yeah. and everybody bonds together to make things work. And then everyone comes back and they want things to go back to normal. The half that were here, they're like, whoa, oh, we were the we were well singing kumbaya. Now you want to turn everything back to where it was, which yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Um, I could see that, right? And yeah, that's absolutely that's the, the pleasure of it. So I think Sam's speech at the end, too, was yep. Yep. one of those moments. It was like, well, okay, because they they really like had led up to that. Uh, for me, like uh, almost the whole the whole show was a lead up to that to that moment, right? Because yeah, yeah. it was the most important thing to happen. Uh, even though with all the other chaos and stuff that happened in the in the show, like him being on camera as uh, spoiler alert, right? Uh, as Captain America talking to the world, right? Um, and in that kind of way was such a change and then you go and see potentially how it impacted others like isaiah and and, and things like that and their reactions oh, and uh it was very powerful right and, and it's yeah. important and, and you're right like this is the only show uh within that universe that can really uh deal with real world problems because the real world problems is what adds the levity to make the other things important that are happening, right? That's yeah. the challenge that they're trying to overcome. So it's an amazing job that they did. And um, to have you guys like like, you, like Dovich have super uh, serum and superhuman abilities that makes your character, as I keep alluding to in the show, more of who they are, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's an enhanced yeah. version of yourself, 
right? Uh, and uh, to portray that character in that way shows to me that these are inside good people, right? And maybe misguided with how they handle the situation, yeah. right? So it, it was a great job on, on, on playing that part, man. Oh, man, thank you. <laughs> thank you again, seriously. I, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, you want to uh, talk about some of the... Uh, some of the up and coming things you're in um and just sure, if I know yeah. we're gonna get running short on time just want to make sure that we uh yeah yeah of course of course things, so. yeah um uh well we have uh what is on the imdb now <laughs> <laughs> we, have a uh, we were tomorrow that's coming out we that's in post-production yeah. yes yo that's a really cool like uh indie indie thing so what um, there's a guy called um Marcus Vanko, who I, I worked with on Shannara Chronicles, uh, sort of mm. fantasy, young adult fantasy series back in the day. And um, his, his lady is a producer extraordinaire. She has carried this indie production on her back. Mm. Um, it's a cool, like kind of time travelly young adult um, sci-fi action romance thriller kind of deal. Mm. And uh, it's really, really, really cool. She's done most of the heavy lifting in, in the production side herself, you know, got, gotten crews together, gotten people to shoot, um, you know, real professional level stuff. Uh, I believe they're talking to streaming, uh, streaming services now in terms of a sale, but there's a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more production work to be done uh, as mm -hmm. well before that, before they can drop. But that, that, that was a fun one because it's, it kind of goes back to indie filmmaking and it's nice to get your hands dirty, you know, mm -hmm. time was, you know, early up in this career where, nowadays they don't let you do anything you can't lift a crate and help out or like you know move a c-stand this way and, and, and help out it was kind of nice to get back to that that um mm. sort of a yahoo like uh you know just jump off the bridge bungee cord type of filmmaking <laughs> where it's like all hands on deck everyone help out yeah um yeah. that's gonna be really really cool um yeah and i can't wait it's it's so cool it spans so many different universes there's like a western aspect to it there's a modern version there's like ancient day druidic kind of stuff that happens in there it's gonna be cool it's gonna be really awesome. really cool yeah awesome and then um, uh the chronicles of uh anata you're playing a prince so um yeah, yeah that one's uh, that one's an earlier days one we're still i think that one's still sort of in pitching stages at the moment um mm -hmm. but yeah yeah same thing similar thing same trying thing. to get it off yeah. off the ground trying to get it off. um okay. and that'll be just, just give her money, man. Because any producers out there listening, just give her money because she knows what the hell she's doing. She's been doing this for so long. Nice. Um, yeah. And there's one other thing that isn't there, but I can vaguely hint at, and it sort of makes sense for, for your guys' outlet, but we have a thing coming. Uh, how do I get around? How do I be a little coy about this? Uh, the, <laughs> I can't break the NDA, but I can't. It'll be my first time working in this uh, next gen format, so mm. that that'll be a fun one when it drops. Um, okay. Maybe the briefing's okay. out of the internet already. Mm. Yes, we yeah. will have to. Uh, we will have to put two and two together. I let uh, our our uh, <laughs> our uh, <laughs> gaming experts. I work in a gaming company. But, uh huh. <laughs> The theorists put things does. together. <laughs> Next <laughs> gen. Hmm. <laughs> Speculation. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, that's that'll be exciting. That'll be okay. a fun one. Nice, nice. Yeah. I can't wait to to hear more about it. Um, I imagine it, it definitely <laughs> sounds 
Yeah, it sounds amazing. Wait, when we, when <laughs> may we possibly hear about said things potentially? Uh, that no. one, I have no idea. I true. I mean, the timelines on these. You guys know the timelines on these things yeah. can truly scale out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're not going to go full Star Citizen, I hope, but we'll, uh, you know, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> So there is an event coming up called E3. So true mm, that. Yeah. There's a few other events coming up. So yeah. I mean, I have some thoughts, but I'm afraid to say it because if it's right, <laughs> it could be right, it could be wrong. But no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> E3 Star Citizen. You get what I'm saying, Mav? You see what I'm putting down? You picking that up? Yeah. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> hey, you guys got to do that on your own channels. When the... <laughs> we just had an interview on uh, with Desmond. Yeah, uh, GM, GM, GM is I, am I saying that right? And uh, yes, yes, yeah. And, and and you know he has confirmed one hundred percent that he is going to be a new master chief. <laughs> Halo. <laughs> Uh, for Master Chief coming to Stasis and dropping there you go. <laughs> coming out of Alpha in three months. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> Awesome. awesome um you know i do have one quick question for you before we kind of like get out of here and this always interested me but i never asked any actor this before so the foods uh on set right like the foods like the whatever you're drinking whatever you're eating is it real or is it fake it's fake it's fake. It's full. It's plastic food. You know when you go to when you go to like um, some Japanese restaurants and they have the fake food outside that looks real. We get mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. We just that's how everyone is so ripped on set because they're actually getting zero calories uh, <laughs> a day, especially on Marvel sets. Uh, no, no, no. They feed us so well. They feed, I, I can see our caterer who is a, just a, a crusty, angry, lovely dude. I loved him. He'd feed us so well. But if, if he heard me saying that, I would get a spatula to my face, man. I'll just, just he could possibly fly out of nowhere and just like clock me one. No, they fed us so well. We'd have a rotating like Sometimes we'd have, because we were, you know, in Atlanta for a bit, that we'd have like barbecue on, on every Friday would be a special meal. So they'd have like mm. barbecue or like fried chicken or, or something Ooh. else like real special. There'd be like, you know, a Thai day or like, um, you know, dessert day where there'd just be cakes like all up in everyone's trailers. It was great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. They treat us well. They treat us well. It's, we don't deserve it, but they do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice so well, carlo you gonna close us out yes yes i'm headed yeah. that way so i want to go to <laughs> our special guest first you know because you should have the biggest largest energetic outro <laughs> um so desmond where can people find you and and whatever you're up to next um wherever you're tweeting at or instagramming at or whatever snapchat whatever they call it these days <laughs> tiktok i no, i don't have tiktok yet unfortunately but um instagram and twitter those are like my unfortunate bread and butter um mm. you can find me at des chiam d-e-s-c-h-i-a-m for mary uh on both and uh yeah I'll, I'll get down in the comments sometimes so come hit me up say hi awesome awesome yeah well thank you for coming by we really appreciate it man and uh it's, it's been a great talk learning about some of the stuff that goes on set uh offset the good food that you guys get i might try to apply to become an extra one day just for the good food um <laughs> 
it. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, <laughs> Paris, where can we find you at? Um, you can find me on Twitter, plock 77 or you can uh, join our uh, Facebook group, our Marvel group, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we have over 500,000 members and growing. Um, we've got Marvel Studios and, you know, Clark Gregg. We've got, you know, all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, comic uh, artists and folks from the industry and in the group. So it's fun. Um, just join and come have some fun and talk about Marvel uh, related content. Absolutely. Mav, where can we find you? On YouTube at Fun Speculation, also Twitter, Fun Speculation. Uh, we have the Fun Pop podcast on Thursdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, where we cover Marvel, DC, um, TV shows, movies, comic books, and more. Also on Xbox Ultimate podcast, Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have a lot of fun on there. Uh, so come check those out, guys. And hey, uh, Desmond, it's been absolutely amazing. This is like... I'm giddy that to be able to uh, sit across from somebody that I, I mean, I just got, I watched these episodes as they come out. I couldn't get to them soon enough. And to be sitting across from somebody that played such a huge role in that, uh, that it's something that I enjoyed. And I think it's um, the future of TV. The future of TV shows is the stuff that like Disney and uh, Netflix is doing these things. HBO is doing these things. And you're a part of like one of the ground floors of something with, with this new venture with uh, Marvel going into the TV shows and stuff. And it was like just an honor to sit here across from you and talk. Um, so thank you so much for, for doing this with us, dude. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute honor to be sitting down with some fellow nerds and just shooting the shit, you know, right. I yeah. really you guys on. awesome. <laughs> and everybody, you can find me at 4GQ TV and catch us for the next episode and see you guys later. Oh, yeah. Bye. Thank you, guys.